This is Mostly True, a podcast that proves that everybody has a story. Um, hello, yes, world, yes, hello, I mean, world, world. Jen, world, <laughs> come on, yeah, I mean, eventually world, right? Our world, yes, our world is listening, so this Do you is want to a- start over? We can start over. No. Okay, go. Uh, this is a new and fresh episode of Mostly True, period, mm-hmm. full stop. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that period. Is that full stop just part of the way that you say it? Like like I an like indie it, band? I feel like it's become uh, I mean, a tagline. It's, it's stylized that way. The, the, yeah. So I, I think it is. I just want people to know that the, that the period... Mm-hmm. Is part of the name. I gotcha. So I say it. I I'm I support this. And full stop is sort of schmancy. It, and we are known for schmancy. Well, you are. <laughs> I mean, we we all are. Um. Anyway, so here should, we are. Should we do some? Do you want me to do some things? Just knock some things out of the way before we dive into telling stories about our our latest theme. Do we want to say what the theme is? Uh, yeah, go for okay. it. So, I okay. So before I say the theme, I have to explain. Let me explain. Um, so, our special guest today is one Samantha Piro. Yay! Yay! I'm special. You special. are special. Yes. I mean, you're special in so many ways. Oh, thank you. Um, it's true. Sam is a very dear friend of mine, of ours. Um, I, I work with Sam, but also we're, we're, we are legit friends. Mm -hmm. She was one of my bridesmaids. She's frequently mistaken for Jen's sister. It's true. Often. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stopped by a woman in Target to verify or Mm -hmm. question. Mm -hmm. Yes. Often. And then kind of seemed a little upset when we referenced our hair. She seemed a little defensive. Like it's more than just the hair. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't just go up to two blonde ladies and assume that they're sisters. It's, it was weird. It was, <clears> like, it was weird. Um, but she, I mean, she was, whatever, it was, it was nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so Sam is here. I'm to here. Be, to be our, yes, <laughs> to be our special guest. and Fully present. Yes. And I have to confess. Oh, dear. That I have not told Sam what the theme is of this podcast. Oh. She, she already has her story prepped. She knows the story to tell. Okay. However, I, I asked say, Sam. cruel. Yeah. I asked Sam about, I, I said, if, if you told this one particular story on the podcast, what, what would you say the theme is? And she, she threw out a couple of different themes, and I thought, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> And so I came up with my own theme that kind of speaks to how I feel about Sam's story that she's going to tell. So, yes. So I've heard this story um, and specifically asked for this story to be told on this podcast. In fact, when Brittany and I were coming up with ideas for podcasts, this being one of them, and I thought everybody has a story, even though they think they don't. Sam was one of the first people that came to my mind because Sam thinks she doesn't have stories, but this is actually one of my all-time favorite stories. Yeah, yeah. So th- that's that's the point altogether. Like you said, when you came up with the, the this particular concept, is most people 
think they're not interesting or that they're not good storytellers or that interesting things don't happen to them. Mm -hmm. But the point is, really interesting things happen every single day. It's true. It's true. You just have to know to pull that thing out Mm -hmm. and to talk about that thing. And Jen's pulled this thing out like a precious gem (laughs) and held it in her hand. It's true. Um, So anyway, I came up with this theme specifically to go along with Sam's story. So now I will unveil what the theme is for this week's show. And that is an anxious. anxious It's good. It's good. I mean, you may have heard it because if you listened to our last episode, I I I said it at the end. I have not finished the whole episode. So there's that. So the theme this week is the lies your parents tell you. (laughs) (laughs) And after... Oh, I'm so excited to hear this. I, Brittany, (laughs) Brittany has not heard this story, so I'm stoked right now. After Sam tells the story, I will explain, we'll reveal what Sam wanted the theme to be, and you'll see why I kind of kept this theme from Sam. Excited. So shall I? Shall I? Housekeeping. Yes. Yes. Um, Anything you wanted to reference in our prior episode? Any kind of anything? No, there's usually cleanup. So we have another podcast called Pod's Burgers where we talk about Bob's Burgers. And there's usually some kind of thing that causes me anxiety that I have to take care of (laughs) in the following episode. But I think that comes from my obsession with Bob's Burgers and wanting to be accurate and and, and that type of thing. And have somebody not correct you and have you be no man, I'm the expert. No, I get it. I get it. Um... With this podcast, it's a little bit different because the whole reason why it's called Mostly True is that it is the story as you remember it. Mm-hmm. So somebody can correct you about sure. how and it that happened. happened. That happened a lot in the last episode, too. Yeah, but... A lot. It doesn't really matter because the point is how you would tell the story. So well, I don't have as much anxiety. And I think a lot of it has to do with the story sometimes comes with the perspective of the person telling it. So a small child remembering something or somebody from one perspective would remember right. it one way that gives it a particular flavor. So that's really important to the storytelling. The only thing I wanted to say about last episode, which was the theme was grandparents, was it was very it was lovely to me to see some of my family members actually going and listening to it and enjoying the stories that we were telling. Um, our cousin Darcy, hi Darcy, um, listened to it in her car and she said she really enjoyed it. And Jen posted a lovely, um, tribute to our grandparents on my father's side. Um, and it, it, and this was on Facebook. Um, and it's just really fun for me to hear people react to the stories that we tell. Um, I'd love to go back and ask Tim if he would have some of his family listen to it, if he'd be yeah. comfortable with that, to hear their reactions. Yeah. Because that would be... I would love to hear that. Anyway. Um, Maybe Greg with his grapes. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking grapes, man. You know what? Um, speaking of Facebook... A little bit of um, the bits and pieces. This is the part I always uh, jump in on. Uh, so Facebook, look for Mostly True. Follow it there. We post our episodes. We post pictures from recording and a variety of things. Um, for our other podcasts, Jen referenced a particular music video that is just amazing. So when we reference things, I try to remember to include them on the Facebook page so that you can share them with us. Um 
Email is yougotstories at gmail.com. That's Y-O-U, got stories, all smooshed together. Um, we're working to get this one on iTunes as well. Pods Burgers is, so check that one out if you're yeah. interested in our stuff. Please go and leave reviews. And we, uh, we have one of our delightful friends putting together some art for us for this podcast, and we'll have that on iTunes soon. But um, speaking of the email, um, our archivist, Chris, uh, sent us an email uh, about the last theme, the grandparents theme. And he was very excited to share a little bit of information about his um, grandparents. He, he was lucky enough to know his grandparents on both sides. Um, Jen and I mentioned that we didn't know our grandfather on our mother's side. Um, we knew the rest of ours. But he had a pretty good relationship with both sets of grandparents. So mm-hmm. that was that's, he's pretty lucky for mm-hmm. that. Um, he, he wrote this email, I thought I'd take a moment to share a story from my youth centered around my grandfather, William. Um, always called him Grandpa Bill, and um, one of his uncles retired from working at Oscar Mayer Meats. So mm. he was a mechanic there fixing the trucking fleet. And his and baloney had a first name. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I imagine, I actually went to visit his family this last summer, and we went down into the basement to look at some pictures and other um, memorabilia, and there were so many Oscar Mayer things in there, mm-hmm. just like pictures and little toys and trinkets, and he references that did in the here. Did the Wienermobile get to come to his birthday parties? <gasps> he actually did. He spoke about going and, and like being on the Wienermobile, that he's driven in it several times. That's I think awesome. several times. But yeah. So. I'd like to have an understanding <clears throat> of what's exciting about the Wienermobile. I mean, it's... It's a giant hot dog it's on wheels. It's on wheels. I, I, I get it. <laughs> How do you not but, be excited by that? I mean, people are... Dude, I saw it on the freeway and almost crashed my car. I've seen it several times, and I'm like, it's the Oscar Mayer yeah. Oh yeah, and I don't know why it's exciting, but it's just yeah. People it's act just like they you don't see normally. They act like they just saw Christ. It's so okay. that's a bit extreme. A I think little that's bit pushing it. I mean, I would probably crash I my don't... car if I saw Christ on the freeway. Exactly. <laughs> and I know you, Sam Antha. And if you saw Christ, you would be like, "It's Jesus Christ." <laughs> well, I would, but I don't think the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile quite gets to that level. I don't it know. Doesn't. I don't it know. Doesn't. They're not the Beatles. They're not as. I still don't understand it. All I know is. Like Sam said, you don't normally see a giant hot dog driving down the street. So it's kind of, it's the novelty of it from my perspective. Yeah. It's like how I get excited about this. Um, By the way, we have this amazing, it's a decorative piece, but I think it's a toy. Jen brought me this um, unicorn. I am notorious for how much I love unicorns and this thing is jacked up Mm -hmm. and I love it. And so. And he's just participating. Yeah. He's just here. He's hanging out. Yeah. Um, I'll probably post a picture of that too. So the yeah. tag clearly states, "This is not a toy, you guys." Oh, the hell, it's not. This is a piece of home decor, and we will post a picture so that you can see this home decor that no, I picked up for Brittany. The absurdity of it being called home decor. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, sorry. Just let me finish this this lovely story of Chris's. Um, the we wouldn't archivist. be we wouldn't be us if I, we didn't take side roads. I know. I know. So Grandpa Bill. Um, 
worked there fixing trucks. He took great pride in his work and pride in the fact that he worked for such a reputable and well-known company. He would constantly come home with Oscar Mayer merchandise. He would then give us the merchandise, the grandkids, trinkets, toys, shirts, hats, piggy banks, and everything you could possibly put an Oscar Mayer logo on. Like a, like a what? What could you put a hot, a hot dog <laughs> A uh, toilet seat? Yes. Oh. Car antenna thing. Yes. Uh-huh. I, I bet that was actually real. The, uh, the toilet seat. Problem. Contact lens cases. Yes. I Do you want know. me to keep going? No, or? I'm done. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so this was the interesting part. One other perk of working for us. Condoms. Gross. Propeller hat. <laughs> okay. Um, the employees got to try out the new products before they hit the market. In 1987, the year before they hit a limited market, Grandpa Bill came home several, with several sizable boxes of Lunchables. Mm. Back then, the Lunchables had only two different types with assorted meats, cheeses, crackers, and a mint. Mm-hmm. You remember this? And they I do. And sauces. And, mm-hmm. when, when I ever, whenever I had any money, which was not often when I was a teenager, I loved Lunchables because it yeah. was, you know, easy and I could you know, quickly take it and, and eat it. And, and a variety of, of things to snack on. And it yes. felt like I was having a meal because I had some meat and I had a little bit of crackers and then I had my dessert, which was the little mint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the mustard packets and yes. how clever they were and that you just like yes. squeezed them in half and it yeah. came out? Yeah. Loved it. I loved yes. their little sauces. That yep. was one of the things that I thought was great. So And now Lunchables, I, well, I, I actually can't say now because they may have gone in and reconfigured or reformulated, I guess is the word I'm looking for. I think they're BS now, personally. Well, but what I was going to say is they, they rose to some acclaim by being included on several lists of foods you should never eat. Yeah. I always tell Chris, I'm like, the sodium in that alone will yeah. probably make you yeah. just drop dead on the I spot, mean, it'll so. preserve you. You'll look amazing yeah. until the day you die, well, but does. the day you he die does. will be a lot sooner. Um, Ooh, dark. Back then, let's go back to Lunchables and and the the good stuff. So back then, blah, blah, blah. uh, My 12-year-old self was blown away with these wonderful new treats and happily devoured them. A lot of them. Too many of them. For almost two weeks, my family and I seemed to eat nothing else during the day. (laughs) While fun and delicious at first, by the end of those two weeks, Lunchables had become my most despised food item. I fell in love with and then hated something the rest of the nation wouldn't even know about for another year. Thanks, Grandpa Bill. I met him. Grandpa Bill's a charming. Oh, charming Grandpa Bill's individual. still around. Oh yes. Oh nice. Yes, Grandpa Bill and um, Margaret is his wife. They're both mm. still with us. Bill and Margaret. Bill and Margaret. Yeah. So yeah, thank nice. you, Chris. That was a charming story. And so if you have stories on either the one that we're talking about now, the theme, or ones that we've talked about in the past, please email them to that to us, and we would love to share them with. All y'all. Yeah. So. So the the ones that we've done already are childhood fears and grandparents. Which, go back and listen to the childhood fears, because I'm not going to spoil it again, but dang. It's pretty good, you guys. Dang. I'm, I'm, as always, not going to lie to you, but you've got to go listen to it and hear what what my fear was. Jen's was strange, and and mine was just bitches. That's all. (laughs) So... I mean, and, and Roberts was old ladies in wheelchairs. Oh. Men, old, old men. Oh, Tim's men. was the Tim's. old lady at the yeah. end of the bed. Yeah, yes. crazy town. It's really weird. <laughs> so shall we? Oh, how do you want to do this? Do you want to start with Sam, or do you want to start with one of us? I mean, mine's sort of lame, so we could start with mine. 
I would say let's let Sam bring it home. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe in the middle. Yeah. Pressure. I know. You but I think you can deliver. I'm excited. I'm <laughs> just so excited. What I will say to you is when you tell the story, don't feel like you need to rush. Whatever no. details you want to put in. <laughs> you just draw it out. Uh, you can go. Okay. Um, okay, so lies our parents told us. Yes. Um, I kind of struggled with this one. I, honestly, and I've mentioned this before, I have not the greatest memory, from, especially from childhood. And because I was more turned in, it was difficult for me to remember external stuff going on. Um, so all of my stories are very much about personal reactions, emotional um, you know, turmoil, that kind of stuff. But I do remember... Um, when we lived in Southern California, when I was very young, that's where my first memories come from. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that Jen has mentioned in prior episodes is my mother's obsession with, um, things that could happen to us. So we had to be prepared for anything terrible that could possibly happen to us. Somehow, if she talked to us about really horrible things that had happened to other people or mm-hmm. could happen to us, she felt like that would in some way inoculate us from yeah. danger. Which, I don't know, maybe strangely enough did? Well, I mean, to whatever degree, but... It was voodoo. Let's just was, go with that. There was... There's always going to be danger. It's just danger of different kinds. Yeah. I mean, we still had stuff happen to us. And for me, the thing that always distressed me was um, having to know every single thing that could happen to be prepared for it. Whereas yeah. if she had just let us kind of live, yeah. we would learn coping skills to kind of bob and weave in the moment, if you will. Yeah, so. and, and and it's it makes sense for a parent to speak to a child about danger. Right. And, and teach them about danger, Mm -hmm. but to obsess and to, so our father was at the very other end of the Mm -hmm. spectrum. So when we would tell our father, our fears and concerns, he'd be like, we would say, well, what if this happens? What if this happens? And his phrase was, well, what if the sun falls out of the sky? Right. And that always frustrated me because I would say to him, dad, the things I'm telling you are things that could actually happen. And the sun falling out of the sky is not one of those things. And when you're a child, you need someone to acknowledge. It doesn't have to be acknowledge yeah. and then validate. It's just acknowledge that I'm stressed about yeah. something. And and I think I've thought a lot about this, actually, as I do about most things. And I've thought, what would I have wanted? Mm-hmm. Because I was, you know, if you listen to childhood fears, <laughs> you'll Tell get a really, a really good idea. I'm raising you, so I, <laughs> I need know. to know what you want. We need to. Explain that, because they're not going to (laughs) know. My six-year-old son, remarkably, has very similar characteristics and feelings and thought processes and approaches to life as my dear friend, Jen Land. (laughs) And my son. Really? Yes. Yes. We always joked that I gave birth to Jen. Yeah. I did, too. Yes. How did we do that? I don't know. (laughs) But it's it's funny, because... Either I will tell a story and Sam will say, yeah, I'm raising you. Or she'll tell a story about her son and I will say, yeah, you're raising me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, I had a lot of fears and a lot of anxieties. And I think it, it, it came from the place of I've always been a thinker. Mm-hmm. And, to, and by that, I don't mean I've been, you know, incredibly intelligent. I just mean... We, I take something and I work at it yeah, and we, I think about it and I analyze it and... 
in a variety of ways, the land family and it seems like the Pero family <laughs> are analyzers that way. I yeah. mean, I didn't do it the same way you did, but that's when I say I was turned inward. It was always take a nugget, process, process, yes. process, you know, pull it inside and, and figure it out. And so, and, and to be fair to mom and dad, having been a parent and, you know, Sam having been a parent and you being an adult around small children, mm-hmm. sometimes it's so hard to understand how what a very benign statement can do mm-hmm. to a child who is that much of a thinker. Yeah. So dad but, saying, why didn't the sun fall out of the sky? Yeah. Seems reasonable. Yeah. So. But I've actually thought, I can't say for certain because I'm not that little girl anymore, but I think what would have really worked for me when I, when I was saying, but what if this happened? What if this happened? What if this happened? Is if he had stopped or, or our mother, mm-hmm. you know, anyone really, it didn't have to be dad, had stopped and really come into a place where I knew that they were connecting with me yes. and said, well, what do you think will happen if that happens? Mm-hmm. And we could have had a conversation right. about what I thought would happen if it happens. And then they could have kind of helped me process through. Right. If, well, if that does happen, then, then, like then what's the next thing? Then what's the next thing? And kind of take it to, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? I think little kids in general, you know, as much as they will have irrational fears, do want one thing, and that is to have the their feelings acknowledged. Yeah. And to just have that acknowledged goes a long way. Yes. And I made the same mistakes with Elliot until I learned better. And then things between the two of us got so much better. Yeah. So. Some of my most uh, healing and warmest memories from childhood were moments where nobody was trying to tell me that it wasn't that bad. And nobody was trying to tell me that I didn't really feel sick or I didn't really, it was when everything just kind of stopped and it was acknowledged and dealt with what Mm -hmm. was happening Mm -hmm. with me. Like I have a a very strong memory of feeling really sick to my stomach as a child. And I don't know if it was physical or anxiety. I had a lot of upset stomach uh, episodes when I was a child, or I would say I had a stomach ache, but really what that meant was I was anxious. I just didn't know how to verbalize that. Mm -hmm. And I remember I got myself so worked up that I started to shake kind of uncontrollably. And I remember our father going and getting an Afghan and wrapping me in the Afghan and sitting down on the couch with me and holding me really tightly. Mm -hmm. And I think it was more just to try to just get me to calm down than anything else. But I remember just feeling so relieved Mm -hmm. that I didn't have to justify what was happening or convince anyone that it was real or anything. And I, I remember I calmed down pretty quickly because it was one of those moments where it was like, this is a thing and we're just going to work through it. Yeah. So, so I mean, and from side roads, always, (laughs) right. But kind of, we're coming back. We're coming back. Um, We're doing a Yui. So because mom cared about us not being hurt and Mm -hmm. being safe and everything. So she would, like you said, tell us these terrible things. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I remember, and I was, oh gosh. So my first memories in Southern California, I was probably three. But this would been would have been more around the five or six range. I think I was in school, so I think I was in first grade, so it must have been around six. Mm-hmm. So you would have been four. Mm-hmm. And um, 
there was a story going around and the more I can't actually find it. I did some research and I couldn't find the specific story that I was thinking of, but they talked about two young girls who had been murdered. I remember this. So, and they had gone into a stranger's house and one girl had been murdered by being hit over the head Mm -hmm. and the other one had been murdered by being strangled by her own necklace. Mm -hmm. And I remember that because I remember looking at necklaces and thinking, how? Right. And, it, you know, I did the same thing because I was like, that would break. And But I'm, I'm sure it was probably one that was more of a like a rope type necklace. Anyway, so anyway, so dark. this story, it is dark. And so this. But is it real? Right. Yeah. And so that's why I was like, okay, well, was it a lie or, you know, was it embellished or whatever? And so I can't find anything specifically about, but I mean, come on. Murders in the 70s and 80s in Southern California, that's like everywhere. Many. So um, I do remember mom referencing it, and I remember girls at school referencing it. So the fact that I can't tell if it was because maybe in the circles that we ran in that the mothers talked about it and then the Mm. girls knew about it. So I don't know how multiple perspectives came into play, but that story distressed me to no end. And I would run it through my head and try to picture what that was. I'm not like the murders themselves, but yeah. like it always went in my head into this weird, almost haunted house scenario where the girls go in and there's, they don't, they just got in there. They didn't realize and, yeah. and they get separated and then one of them gets murdered over here and yeah. one of them gets, it's just like my head went wild with yeah. it. But I was so obsessed with that story and so freaked out by it. I don't remember if it was the immediate, um, Halloween after or one like a couple years later but you and I were trick-or-treating and I don't know if it was like I think I remember and maybe you can validate this mom and dad would walk with us and then we would walk up to the door and they would stay back so that we would like have the experience of yeah doing the the trick-or-treating yeah um and you and I for some reason were pretty distanced from them Mm -hmm. and we walked up to a door and I knocked on the door and an elderly man opened the door and said, Oh, you're so cute. All of these things. And usually they would lean out with their little bucket and say, do Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. And he said, come on inside. And I froze. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why to this day you did this, whether it was because you were with me and knew that you were safe Mm -hmm. or if you recognize this man and I didn't, mm-hmm. but you walked in without hesitation. I think it's because that was just me as a kid. <laughs> you just, but that's the thing is like, you were so like caught up in this idea of being murdered that for me, when I look yeah. back on the memory, it's strange. Yeah. So, uh, and he was an actual old fogey. <laughs> I know. Guys, you gotta go back and listen to the childhood old fears. <laughs> So you walk into this house and I'm standing there and it was one of those moments where I was like, do I make a scene or do I just go with this? So, and you know me, I was kind of a roll with it sort of person. So I was like, I remember distinctly stepping over the threshold and thinking, this is how we die. Yep. Little six-year-old Brittany is like, we're going to fucking get murdered right now. I'm the one that gets knocked over the head. Yeah. Jen's wearing a necklace. <laughs> and my parents are 10 so. feet away on the sidewalk. I know. 
But, of course, we didn't get murdered. No. And he just gave us some candy, and then we left, and I was, like, in a cold sweat for the rest yeah. of the night. But that was, that's the extent of the lies that, I'm, and I think, and you've said this before, they didn't, by and large, tell us falsehoods. No. And I don't mean, like, bald-faced lies, Mm-mm. not even half-truths. Mm-mm. So... Having things stand out in our memories is pretty significant. Yeah. Why did your mom tell you this story? She would tell us terrible shit she all did. the time. All the time. But she we... would tell us about murders. She oh, yeah. would tell she us talked about... about the hi-fi. Go back to some of these other episodes. She talked about the hi-fi murders in Ogden in front of Jen. Where they made them drink drink. Yeah. And, yeah. Horrible When things. I was a little girl. But to say this stuff happens in the world, yes. or be aware of it, yes. or just hey, this thing happened today. No, like in not what not nonchalantly. Like, hey, little girl. Well, I mean, <clears throat> you could get murdered. Let's be clear. Uh, so, if we wanted to go do something, if we wanted to go to the park with our friends or something, she would pull out one of these to say, you know what happens, you know, if you go to the park. Don't by do yourself. these things, X, Y, Z. But sometimes it was just. Apropos of nothing. So it wasn't like it was nonchalant, but it wasn't... She would kick open our bedroom door and be like... No. I remember her one time saying she was really... um, She was just acting off, and I asked her... And and I was young. I was probably eight or nine. And I, I, you know, asked her what was going on, and she's like, oh, I just saw this news story about this killing... And they were trying the man, and he would take he would record him killing the women, and he would tell the women that they had to act like they liked it, but they were screaming, but he wanted them to act like they liked it and and she said that there was a clip on the news where the courtroom doors opened, and people were just flooding out of the courtroom because they couldn't stand to listen to the recordings, and she said you could hear the recording playing in the background on the news clip. And that I would lay in bed just like, like trying not to think about what it sounds like. But that was, I don't think she was trying, I, you know, she was our, just trying to be straightforward. She was, she just was answering the question. That's, I mean, she kind of viewed talking to us, like talking to anyone. Yeah. She Which would is, just tell us the, the I mean, to her credit, on. that's the, I mean, that's the same thing. <laughs> makes way. my mom sound terrible. No, but. like I'm saying to her credit. When, when we talked to, and obviously I wouldn't like talk to a kid. I talk to them like people. Once they, un, like you said, once they understand words, you don't baby talk to them. You don't just talk, talk to them, them like I talk to my golden retriever. Right. You talk to them like people, but you don't talk to them about murder. No. You know? There's subjects that are not, but I think in a way it benefited us because mm-hmm. it meant that we always had an understanding of just about every subject. And we're interesting. <laughs> we sure are. <laughs> it made us interesting. Um, but that story about the two little girls, I actually remember kids in my school talking about it. That was it like had the been a story, real thing, right? Yeah. And it was for years people talked yeah. about it. So, and I think part of it was there was a lot of murder going on at that really time period. Was. But we lived in, in so, like outside of LA. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it was one of those where they, would where where it just kind of stood out a little bit more because it was so local to where we were whether it was real or not I don't know yeah but and that's I, so that's what I'm wondering is does this even fit the theme but that like I said the the research that I was trying to do just it seemed so urban legend to me and the fact yeah. that my mother was like 
P.S. You're yeah. gonna get fucking strangled by yeah. your own necklace. It was just, you know, it, it was just one of those things that kind of stood out to me because the, the older I got, the more I was like, was that real? Yeah. Was that and I, a thing? But I remember the kids would, like, like kids do, would add and embellish. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time this little girl, and I can't remember who she was. She was just this kid at school talking to me about it we were talking about it mm-hmm. because I already knew the story. So it's not like she was telling it to me, but she started telling me, Oh, did you hear, you know, they, after they found the bodies, they cut them open and one of them had chains inside their bones. <laughs> and I remember looking at her and going, how she's like, I don't know. It was something they did. And I was like, do you know how bones work? <laughs> because I, remember. I was a weird little kid who would say things like, no, do you know how bones work? that is not work? weird. That is what you do. I had some... Do you remember that weird-ass girl that I was friends with in elementary school that when we would play on the playground and I told you about her, I was like, this girl's kind of jacked, but yeah. whatever, it's interesting. And she would always talk about these people that uh, yes. like were imaginary, and we would run around and she would tell us, freeze, because they're holding a gun on you. And I'm like, what kind of fucking childhood have you had? I don't know. Why are your imaginary friends so violent? I know. That's what I'm saying. You know what? We talk about murder a lot. It's fine. It, it is gets, it? Like it gets it. dark, but it, this is this is who we are. It's true. It's true. Um, one other thing about that story, though, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I've ever told you this story before, but I think about it from time to time, and I think, what was really going on there? And I I have some ideas of what it could have been, and I feel really bad about it, but let me tell you. Okay. So the two little girls who were supposedly murdered were supposed to have been murdered in a house right next to a playground. Mm-hmm. I remember that. That we yeah. used to go to. Yes. Which is part of what I think was maybe the lie. I think they picked a house next to a playground to oh, say... Oh, to make sure that we stayed in line, <laughs> yes. if you will. Because it was a very specific... I can, I can actually still picture the house in my head. Because, like, what did she think we were going to do? Oh, we're at a playground. Wait, let's just go wander into a house instead. There's the slides and fucking swings. I need a drink. I mean, we yeah. were... Yeah. yeah. We were nice little kids. If somebody had said, you know, come help me, yeah, somebody's I walked into down some or... old fogies house because you went in there to yeah. get candy. Well, you couldn't abandon her. I exactly. Couldn't. You that's had what, to That's kind of what me. I was like. Do I do I turn around and go get help and let my little sister get murdered, or do I go in and get murdered with her? At least they would going have down him. in flames. Go ahead. Um, so anyway, this house when we would go to play at that, and it was a it was a public park mm-hmm. playground um and playgrounds back then were oh, different than they are now they were better man they were so better they were they were basically concrete and metal and and, and things that could like break all of your bones and rip all of your oh, so good. fleshy parts off fleshy parts <laughs> yes um it's so great and i remember there were two different um kind of playground areas that were kind of apart from each other and one had a smaller slide and one had a really big tall slide and it was kind of further and, out and one of them was if you want to get murdered go over here yeah. okay cool and when we would go to the playground i would i would always just kind of eye that house and i would just you know kind of I'm not going to go over to that house cuz that's the house where you get bonked on the head and and like strangled and shit yeah, yeah. um 
So I remember we went there as a family. I don't remember if it was all the kids, but I remember that mom and dad oh, were the there. Oh, to the park, not the house. I the house, too. <laughs> Sorry. What? You just want to... <laughs> proof. Why? Proof. Come to this house. We went and knocked see. on the door, and we were like, are, are there bodies? <laughs> yes, did, I'm a murderer. How did you strangle her with a necklace? Can you explain that? Um, Why aren't you in jail? <laughs> so, anyway... Uh, Went there as a family. I remember some of the kids were there. I don't remember who was there. I'm sure you were there because anywhere that I was, you usually were. Mm -hmm. But I went over, most of the family was in the one playground area with the smaller slide. I went over to the larger slide. The murder slide. And I climbed up to the top of the slide and I was standing at the top of the slide just kind of looking around because it was kind of cool to be up there Mm -hmm. and be taller than everything else and be able to see everything. So good. And it was real quiet. There was a light breeze. I couldn't hear anything really happening in the playground. And very distantly, I heard somebody yelling, help me. And I remember holding on to the slide, and I remember looking in every direction to see who was yelling, because I thought maybe it was a member of my family because they were all there, but I could see all of you and nobody was yelling. And I kind of just looked around, and then I thought, okay, it's not happening anymore. And I stood there for a little bit longer, and I heard it again. Wow. And it sounded like a woman's voice. And it sounded distant. Murder house. But I could hear it. And I remember thinking, I cannot see who's yelling this. So I don't know if it's real. And I didn't, I was young enough that I didn't know how to explain what I had heard. And I thought, no one's going to believe me. And I remember I got down off the slide and I went back over to my family. And I just like sat down on a picnic table bench and just sat there. Was it a distressed help me? It was. Oh, God. Not like a kid who needed help on the screen. No, it sounded like a woman. and Or kind of an older, you know, like maybe a teenager. (laughs) And I remember it was very distressed. It was authentically distressed. Mm. And I still remember what it sounded like. And I was young enough that I didn't... I didn't say anything. And I still think, and I remember standing up on the slide, hearing that thinking, this is coming from the murder house. It's a ghost or it's, you know, but thinking of it now, it could have been a domestic. It Mm -hmm. could have been somebody getting kidnapped. Mm -hmm. It could have been, Mm -hmm. but I remember looking did not see, I was scouring trying to figure out who was yelling it and didn't see. And to this day, it, it kind of haunts me. Yeah. No, I, I, I can imagine that's dark. Dark. Okay. It's always going to be dark. <laughs> always. You know what always, it's always, always, always. We say that every episode. <laughs> like, every, seriously. Always. <coughs> you guys, it's never boring. It's never no. boring. All right, let's go, let's go somewhere else, though, because, like, let's, I, when I, when, I was trying to think of stories, guys, and that was the one that stood out to me. me. I know, I know. It's that okay. Me. Still, how do I even process that? You, you're, you were just... I was little. Just maybe kindergarten. Anyway. Anyway, so so I'm going to drink it away. The moral moral of the story is the 70s and 80s in Southern California were jacked, is all I have to say. Um, So, yes, trying to think of stories, you don't want to go with your typical... 
<laughs> Jen's doing this weird hook motion with her finger. That means wine. Okay, we're going to pour right into... If we're lucky, Lloyd will sniff this microphone, too. You guys got that? Okay. Is that good? Yeah. More? Yeah, no, it's okay, good. Okay, okay, good. Um, so, and I didn't want to go with the obvious crap that everybody does. Oh, Tooth Fairy. Yeah. Oh, Santa Claus. None yeah. of that stuff. And, you know, there were some other much darker and more personal stories from our world that I was just like, no, we're not going to go there either, so... Murder. Murder is lighter. Murder is lighter. It is. It kind of is. It is. But you'll have to tell me what those things are later because I'm really intrigued. I mean, I can guess. I I mentioned them to you in passing and anyway. So, Uh, yeah. So that was mine. Um, Who's next? I'm almost wetting myself in anticipation. Am I like working this up too much? I don't think so. Okay, Mine cool. is to me, yes. Okay. No, you'll be fine. <laughs> mine is It'll pretty be great. is pretty quick too. So do maybe it. Yeah. Let's do mine. Okay. I can always rearrange you these stories s- you later. Said you had visual aids. I do. Oh. I've hidden it because I didn't want you to see it ahead of time. <sighs> People on podcasts can't see visual aids. She's gonna describe it. She's We're good. gonna talk about it though. So as we've mentioned multiple times, her parents did not really lie to us. So those that stand out are of note. So we're going to start with my father because Mm -hmm. this is not so much, I mean, it is a lie, but it's just kind of him being him. Mm -hmm. Oh, is this like the, I'm not, okay. (laughs) You always try to give my stuff away. No, no, I do not. Um, so I'm going to go give your stuff away. (laughs) So our father, uh, we talked about him quite a bit in the very first episode. In that he is a consummate storyteller. There is no storyteller uh, that I know that is more accomplished or engaging than our father. Agreed. And because of this, he kind of makes storytelling a part of everyday life. And it is a way that he passes the time. It's a way that he engages with the people around him. Just... Like any situation. Yeah. You could be doing anything and he'll just... Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason why you and I are so good at identifying stories that don't seem like stories. Yes. And so he went through this period of time and he potentially still does this. I'd be interested if our little sister, uh, Meg, could tell us if this was still happening. But he went through this period of time where... When, especially when we were on road trips. Yep. Okay, you're going. Because I almost did this one too. He would come up with, uh, we would be driving and it would be quiet except for the radio. And out of nowhere, he would say. Straight up surrealism, you guys. <laughs> he would say, you know, they hired me one time to be a fence post. <laughs> and we'd say, that's great, dad. Because we knew where this was going. And he'd be like, no, no, no. No, they would. They brought me out to this area, and they said, stand over there, and I would have to stand, and they would kind of put barbed wire around on either side, and I would have to stand really still, and he would show us what it would look like for him to stand really still, and I would, I would just stand there. And we were not allowed to disengage from the story. Nope. nope. If we tried to talk about something else, if we looked out the window... Just keep going. He... Well... And he would bring us back. He'd be like, no, you're not listening. It was very hard work. Mm -hmm. And I was very good at it. So now my favorite 
was when they hired him to be a tumbleweed. <laughs> I, I always liked speed bump, but you're right. Tumbleweed. He did get hired to be a speed bump, by the way. Yes. Guys. And he would say that... He would say, I, I, I would kind of squat down on the ground, and I would hold on to my ankles, and then I would just start rolling. And, and sometimes, if you were driving in the highway at that, around that, that area during that period of time, you'd kind of see me roll by, and I was a tumbleweed. And he would do this shit all the time. And he would talk about how he would be a tumbleweed, and sometimes he'd come off of the highway and crash into motel room doors <laughs> because that's what tumbleweeds do if you've ever lived in a rural area it's actually true if you stay in a bumpers more than they crash into motel room well doors. if you stay in a motel that has doors opening the behaviors of tumbleweeds <laughs> and murder you'll open the door and there are tumbleweeds just kind of gathered yeah and so sometimes to be authentic, he would crash into motel room doors. You know what the funny thing was, though? Because our father was such an enormous man, mm-hmm. the idea of him being a tumbleweed yes. was just absurd. To be and driving down the highway and just see him go tumbleweed. <laughs> so dumb. It's good. And this is the reason why I say dumb shit and make myself laugh until I almost pee. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's genetic. Fault. It's in our DNA. It's adorable, too, because I've heard these stories before, and it just proves that, like, it's perpetuating and it lives on. It will. Absolutely. It's beautiful and lovely. Yes. And yes. I'm going to draw a picture of Dad being a tumbleweed. That's going to happen. <laughs> the other thing that he would say all the time was mile markers. Oh, God, this one. On, <laughs> on road trips. Still. He would point out mile, miles, mile markers and say that they were... Um, Started. No, they were, they were, what's the word I'm looking for? Where referencing? No, a commemoration or a Um, monument. uh, uh, He would say that they were monuments to Miles Standish. (laughs) Look it up, kids. (laughs) If you don't know who Miles Standish is, historical figure, look it up. But every 5,250 feet. Yes. Yes. And he would say, this is the best part. Now, it's not thick enough. To get the S on it. They didn't so make it bigger. On the, on the front side, it just says mile. And if, but if you look, when you go by, you can see the S on the back side. Because they put it on the back side. Because it's Miles Standish. And he, when we would go by, every time he'd be like, I saw you looking. You, you were looking for the S. And we were never looking for the ever, S. Ever. Like, ever. Never once did we look back to see if Why there was an S. Why couldn't you just look for the S once? <laughs> Stupid. That would have that's stopped everything. Goes. No, no, it's true. It would have stopped everything. But that's what I'm saying. Straight up surrealism. Yeah, I know, I know. This is why we are the way we are. But, but this is the thing. If you guys ever want to hear a seemingly nonstop, just stream of insanity that our father used to do, that's just a taste. Yeah, it's true. It goes on. Miles Standish, you guys. Again, not boring. No. So that was dad. So I scoured my brain to try to figure out lies that my mother, or a lie that my mother told to me. She was brutally honest, as we have made (laughs) clear. Murder. 
<laughs> you know the pathological liar? Yeah. She's pathological a pathological truther. Not liar. There's parental guilt when you lie to your kids when I, they ask you a question. I have right? referenced there this. Is. Is you, there though? There is. I told you about the thing with Elliot and the am I going to throw up? Yeah, no, I mean, I get that, but there's certain things that I think you should feel guilty if you didn't lie to your kid about. Like, why are you sad right now? Maybe say, I'm just feeling a little blue instead of, there was this murder and and she was in a van and he was killing her and telling her to enjoy it. Like, (laughs) yes, maybe the extent of the truth. Sure. I mean, because, yeah, just saying I'm feeling a little sad at the moment was not an untruth. No. Okay. Okay. So... It it was a lot to try to figure out lies that my mother would have told. And I was able to come up with two. I struggled. One of them was that, and I, and I did not know the truth of this until I was an adult. And I was blown away when my mother told me the truth. But all throughout my childhood, oh. it was a fact that my mother... Was not ticklish. You could tickle her and there was no reaction whatsoever. It was just stone. It was just like, I'm just not ticklish. I'm just one of those and people who's not ticklish. So many times. And it was, it became one of those things that was kind of novel, like, like, Legendary. like showing our friends, like, my mom's not ticklish at all. And I remember I was in my 20s when my mother told me, she said to me like this, I am actually extremely ticklish. I don't even know how she did it. <laughs> and she lied to us all those years so that we would not try to tickle her and torture her. And the self-control it must have taken Seriously. for her to not react when we would try to tickle her, because her, her feet and my feet are similar in the tick, ticklish realm, and my feet are extremely ticklish. I don't even... To the point where it's, like, torture. Yeah. Like, I can't even stand it. There's this... My... I am really ticklish on my right hip. Yeah. To the point where I'm not even thinking. It is like a visceral animal reaction when somebody goes to... Yes. If it's anything like that, I don't know how she did it. I I have gotten to the point of... of, I, I felt something animal inside of me mm-hmm. like like I was gonna like tear out someone's throat if they didn't stop trying to tickle my feet mm-hmm. like it triggers something very primal you poo and pee yourself the fact that our mother had that kind of self-control for that many years plus didn't even tell her, any of us and I'm the youngest until I was in my 20s that she actually is that's remarkable did you ever ask Chris if she told... Um, not not Chris the archivist, but Chris, our older sister. Uh, no. But I, she told me that... When she told me that I was the first one that she had told. Now, whether that's true or she'd forgotten or... Betrayed. No, I didn't care that much. It's just kind of amazing. It was. So that's the first one. The lengths you'll go to self-preservation. Well, when you have five kids, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, Thanks. also, I see a little bit of me in there <clears throat> in that she maybe started it as, I don't want to be tickled, but then she was like, I will be damned if I tell anyone. <laughs> I've kept it this long, you know, that kind of thing. So, so that's the first one. So the second one that I was able to think of is the one that has the visual aid. And if you want to just reach under that little table runner right reach there. Under. You will see. 
a visual aid. I saw this in your office and I almost asked you about it. Oh my God. I remember it. Okay. So I'm excited now. Sorry. So when I, when I was, so we were raised in a very, uh, religious house household. There was a lot of scripture, uh, both actually from scriptures and stories being told. And we had this little suitcase that had all of these books on tape that had the tapes that you could listen to and then these little books that you could read. Say the name. Say the name. They're called the Super Scope Storyteller. Children of a certain age will remember these, particularly in the 70s. so many of them. We had piles of these. And not all of them were biblical. Um, There were the Three Little Pigs. Cinderella was one. Yeah. That Um, I remember because her voice was so strange. Sinbad the Sailor was one of mm-hmm, the ones that mm-hmm. I really liked. But the books were very slim. I'm holding one, and it's it's very small. Here, I'll take a little picture of you holding it. And um, I can still hear the the recording, the, the Super Scope Storyteller yes, presents. Yes, that's why I wanted you to say it. Um, and there were two sides to the tape. One side was for kids who didn't read very well, and it would play a tone at the end of every page so you would know to change the to turn the page and the other side was for kids who could read and it didn't play the tone and you could just go and follow along yourself. And I had a lot of favorites and, um, I think, you know, for those of you who listened to the first episode, childhood fears, I was, I was a child who was not necessarily, I, I, I didn't have, you know, a lot of spirituality. I've never been really big into, um, you know, church or, yeah, I just never really felt a lot about spirituality in general, but I had this idea of like God and Jesus as kind of this groovy seventies. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like they were having like these amazing, like dinner parties. I I think I was mixing up Jesus with Truman Capote, (laughs) to be really honest. (laughs) Who hasn't? Because I have this idea of like, they were, you know, they were, they were eating good food and candy is happening. (laughs) I put it under the table. You'll still be able to hear it. (laughs) We just got to acknowledge it. This is life. Lloyd is here. There's wine and there's candy. I'm sure, I'm sure you've heard Lloyd like sniffing and collapsing on the, yeah, so Jesus and Truman Capote. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love where you're going with that because that is my Jesus. I mean, and I never really like conceptualized it that way. It was just more, you know, I've, I've talked about, you know, I I would make up all these stories about Jesus and for some reason he was always hanging out with his mom, Mary, Mm -hmm. but in a kind of groovy we're going to, you know... Hey, Mom, what's up? We're going to take the European convertible Let's t- down Mulholland let Drive. <laughs> I don't... Let I really did. What day was like, Ma. I really <laughs> did. It was so strange, especially to be where, raised as a Mormon, but... Where did our ideas of Jesus come from? Because it's the same for me. You know, know. My, Jesus living his best life is yeah. a theme. Yeah. Brittany's Jesus. Yeah. I just... I don't know. Anyway. So... Hit it. So anyway, I was really into, I've always been really into biblical stories, but in that kind of way. Because to me, it always just seemed like the swinging, not necessarily a good time, because a lot of it was tragic, but it, it was it was very 
70s. And I well, think a lot of it was yeah. colored from these books. Because Absolutely. if you look at the picture that Brittany took, you will see the book that I'm talking about is Samson and Delilah. Mm-hmm. And Delilah is fabulous. Super groovy chick. Oh my god. I, that's probably where my um, wanted to have purple hair came from. Yeah. And Samson is just like the sort of Adonis 70s ideal. Mm-hmm. And I remember manly and yet sort of feminine at the yes, same time. Yeah. Which was 70s. my deal. Loved Prince. I mean, look loved, at that loincloth, man. That is some serious shit right there. Loved the Bee Gees. Um, I remember reading this book you know, letting the tape read it to me and me reading it just by myself over and over and over and over to the point where it, you can see it's taped back together. It has fallen apart. Mm-hmm. I was obsessed with this one in particular. And I loved the pictures of Delilah. I loved her style. I thought she had great oh, personal style. Yeah, man. Check out that hair yeah and I remember taking this book to my mother once and telling her that I wanted to dress up and her saying okay what do you want me to do and I remember opening it to this page and saying I want to look like this and god bless my mother which is a picture of Delilah looking like evil and beautiful yeah she tried. I remember still. I remember that she put blue eyeshadow on me and she put lipstick on me and she did my hair all up. But anyway, <laughs> so I was a fortune teller. And so she went and found something to be my crystal ball. And cause she didn't want me to be Delilah. But in my heart, I was Why Delilah. Why can be Delilah? Because Delilah, do you not know the story? Okay. Yeah. Look oh, who you're talking to. <laughs> Sweet. Somebody who doesn't know Bible stories. All right. So we're going to tell the story really fast because okay. you need you need to know the story in order to understand the lie that my mother told me. Because the, the whole you're a fortune teller thing, not, not the lie. <laughs> okay. No. So the story of Samson and Delilah, for those of you who don't know it, are that uh, Samson was sort of you know, set apart by God to be this powerful man who could do all of these feats of strength very easily. But the, the deal was that he could be this really powerful, strong man as long as he never cut his hair ever. So he grew up and his hair just sort of was fabulous and just kept getting more fabulous. And there are all, there are all these stories about things that Samson did. I mean, like, look at him. He is groovy as shit right there. Um, he, he encounters a lion at one point when he's younger and the lion leaps through the air to uh, murder all of them. And he sort of just catches it in one arm and says, you know, you're done. You know, things like that. Wait, no, no. I think that's another lie because I'm pretty sure he killed that lion. Well, that would be the book lying and not mom. Okay. But... <laughs> Anyway, sure he killed the lion. Anyway, all of these various things happened, and... There was nothing fluffy in the Bible, okay? There just wasn't. No. Except Jesus. He was amazing. These are kids' books. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but still, they... What Jen's about to say is... Yeah. So, the Philistines decided that he was too much of a threat. So, they sent people... Fucking Philistines. To capture him. 
And he allowed himself to be captured because he thought, you know what I can do is I can, I can give the word of God to the Philistines if I let them, you know, capture me. Because he could not be captured. He was way too strong. So, are you enjoying this? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are you all caught up? Mm -hmm. Um, So, he... Well, he slaughters a bunch of them beforehand. I forgot about that with the jawbone. So much murder. Forgot about that part. because... Well, he was like... trying to get him. He was like, tie me up. Just kidding, jawbone murder. Okay, so that happened. Anyway... Jawbone murder. See... More murder. Yeah, I was totally wrong about allowing himself to be captured, because then why would Delilah need to come into it? Anyway, so they he get... Was jacking with them. They get Delilah, and they say, Delilah, go seduce Samson, and get him drunk so that we can cut his hair, so that he won't be so powerful anymore. And so she tells him that she wants all of the silver in order to do it. And the story proceeds with her attempting to get him drunk and all of these things to get him to fall asleep so that she can cut his hair and he won't fall for it. He won't fall for it. And finally he falls for it. They cut his hair. When he wakes up, he cannot break his, his bonds because his hair has been cut. So he's no longer really strong. The look on Sam's face, by the way, you guys, hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's it's the look of somebody who kind of can't understand what's happening or why this is happening, but it's fine. Anyway, so they take Samson and they lock him away in a jail dungeon type thing. And he's in there and he's all sad because he can't. Um, he didn't obey God. Yeah, he didn't, you know, he let he himself... cut his hair. Yeah, but he let his hair be cut. Yeah. He and fell for a woman. Women are bad. Yeah. They torture him in a number of ways. I'll come back to that in a minute. And eventually, they, they make him a, kind of a slave. And he has to, he's working, I think it's like a mill or something. Yeah. And he has to push this thing to like grind, to grind the wheat, wheat or, something, or yeah. something like that. But what they don't realize is that they've kept him so long that his hair has grown back out. And so... And he's prayed and prayed to yes. God to restore his strength. That doesn't change the fact that it got cut. Oh, yeah. This is my problem. <laughs> There's so many in- inconsistencies with God for you, you guys. True. So many inconsistencies. But he prays and he says, please, you know, can you... He was a mercurial God. He says to this little boy, can you help me get to the middle? Because he's, he's weak and he's been tortured. Can you help me get to the middle of this room where all these Philistines are having this this bacchanalia? And just this mocking Just this orgy of, of sin and... Um, they're mocking him and he gets to the middle where there are these two pillars and he stands in the middle of the pillars and he pushes the pillars with the last of his strength that came from grown out hair and knocks it down and kills all of these Philistines, but also himself in the process. Okay. I know I'm going to get, if anyone listens to this, tons of this was wrong. Guys, I'm telling that legitimately it's, from memory, so I'm sure I did not get it all right. And from a children's book. Yes. Just yes. chill out. Also, <laughs> so don't not, worry about it. Not so children's book. No. There's a lot of things in oh there. Oh my god, no. You're telling a story from the... This was the Old Testament, wasn't it? I don't even know I'm, that. I'm pretty sure it was the Old Testament. It I sounds Old Testament. 
Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, there's no Jesus involved. So That's true. It is Old Testament. Yeah. So, super violent, super, like, sexist. Let's just go ahead yeah. and say it. So, um, the lie involved in this, as I said, obsessively just would listen to this or read this over and over and just stare at the pictures of Delilah. But there's one part in here where they're talking about the torture that Samson had to um, endure. And it says the men blinded Samson with hot irons. And I remember reading that and not understanding. I knew what blind was and I knew what an iron was and I did not understand what that meant. And I remember I took the book to my mother and I said, can you explain this to me? And I remember my mom looking at the book and saying, oh, okay, yeah. So they took irons and they got them really, really hot and they put them really close to his face. And it was so hot that it made him go blind. And I seriously, again... She she did not lie to me to the point that I believed things well past adulthood. And I remember I was seriously in, if not my 20s, my late teens, before I suddenly, re- for some reason I was thinking about did Samson you ever and Delilah. Did King Lear? <laughs> I sudden, it suddenly clicked for me that that is not how they blinded him. Hot irons were stakes that were metal poles that were really hot that they drove into his eyes and they were hot so that they could cauterize the wound Mm -hmm. as they blinded him. (laughs) And I remember being thunderstruck that that's what that meant in my Pam didn't know. Okay, no, but here's the thing. She knew. No, legit though. Why would she not? She told us terrible things. Good point. I think it's because it was a a Bible story, a religious story, oh. and she didn't want to associate that with religion and spirituality. Pam. I think that's why. And also, she knew how much I loved this book, and she didn't want it ruined. to be ruined. Oh, Pam, you sweet lady. But do you know what that did? It it made it to where because of the way I was, I spent the rest of my childhood trying to keep my face God, no. as far from the iron. Oh as possible, God. because I thought I was going to go blind. Also, not a terrible thing, really. <laughs> well, keep but when I say from the iron, when I say keep my yourself. face far yeah. away from the iron, I'm talking like if I saw an iron was plugged in over here, I would refuse to turn toward it. Oh my God. I can't look at your iron. Seriously, oh. and I certainly wasn't going to because iron Samson and Delilah. <laughs> because what if I picked the iron up? So you had wrinkly clothes until you realized what was really happening. I mean, well, mom did most still of the do. Ironing. It's it's fine. <laughs> oh my god! So that was charming. Those are the as lies. charming as a violent Bible story can be. I guess. Yeah. So. yeah. The other one I really loved was Daniel in the Lion's Den. Oh yeah. When he sealed up the lions' mouths, I remember the illustration was really disturbing because the lions were trying to open their mouths and there was all this stuff that was like, because they were stretchy. Because they were, God. Could, they couldn't open their mouths. Because God, Because Jen. God. Okay. God wanted stretchy lion mouths. <laughs> and God gets what he wants. God is so weird. I mean. Sorry, guys. God is weird. He's got some, you know, amazing threads. I he just He throws know. some good parties. And he wants stretchy lion mouths. 
So those, that's all I have for you. Those that, are the those lies. Were good. Those were good. That's not many. As soon as you brought this out, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I know exactly where she's going yep. with this. Yep. I all right. Are we am ready? ready for the climax. <laughs> you should be. All you right. should be prep yourself. I all apologize, right. you guys. It's a very profane episode. Carry on. Well, it's also really dark. If there's any Mine mostly is. true episode that needs to be explicit content, it's this one. Well, okay, but I mean, I am like really... I, okay, in my defense, I have a dental procedure that's going on tomorrow, and I'm super stressed. <laughs> that's a defense. That's, that's a, defense. a defense. Come on. Under duress. It's I true. am. It's yes. True. See, Sam gets me. I, I, Damn know, it, Jen. I know. Be there for me. I know. Okay. Let's do this. Oh, I'm excited. So much anxiety here. Mm, mm, mm. Um, no, you can do, do this. I I love that your theme for this was the lies parents tell you because I know what the lies you think they told me were, which is hilarious. They were maybe lies by omission, but they were okay, lies. You guys, I am legitimately going to wet my pants if no, you don't we're, start. We're going to continue talking around it. No! For at least, and then the podcast I is going to be done. I don't even remember why I told you this story, but Jen loves it so much. So, um, I was in junior high. And always a good start. Always a good start. And it's funny. I look back on my photos, getting doing my getting to know me for work. I had the exact same hairdo for like my entirety of school. I maybe cut it a little bit shorter in high school, and otherwise, I had straight fine hair and bangs. And I always had bangs. And my hair grew very quickly. And junior high, you're awkward in junior high, and. I was friends with a variety of people, um, just kind of got along with everybody, but wasn't super close to any in particular, but had some people I hung out with, whatever. And that's important in a minute. Um, but I had bangs the majority of my life, and my hair grew really fast. I think I get that from my mom. And um, I always had to get my bangs trimmed, right? Because they grow so fast, and they'd end up in your eyes, and I had to get them trimmed. And I would curl them under just a little bit, you know, especially so you if they get got that longer kind of so that I got to... the FLDS look. Yeah. I mean, probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I totally relate. <laughs> I get, I've got bangs, you guys, and it's crazy. <laughs> um, and my family, like we had kind of a regular hairstylist, but I didn't cut my hair a ton. And so trying to get into the regular hairstylist to get your hairs did or, you know, to run down to the Fantastic Sam's or whatever just wasn't a thing. And I was really adamant that I needed to get my bangs trimmed. And my dad was like, well, I can do it for you. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. But, and, oh, but you don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay. And what I think you have to understand, too, is my dad was like the person that, like, if we did a project or if I needed advice on something or I needed to do something, dad was the one that could do it. And he crossed, he crossed boundaries from like helping mom and I out on a crafty project to helping me create my Valentine's boxes to cutting my bangs to, (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Whatever it was. If my dad said he had a solution for a thing, I was like, dad's got it. He, he knew a lot about cars. Mm -hmm. He 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 had a motorcycle. You just just trust. He was good with his hands. He tinkered with everything. He could solve any problem. He could take it apart. He could put it together. I was like, of course he can trim my bangs. Deal with bangs. Absolutely. Sure. And in fact, 
in my heart, I trusted him to cut my bangs more than my mother somehow, because I was like... I say again, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) He's got the solution for this. Yeah. So when I asked Sam to be on this podcast and I asked her to tell this story, the theme she suggested was, oh, you know, trust of your parents. And I was like, oh, hell no. This is the lies your parents tell you. Let's flip that to the dark side. Because Go dark. Let's, let's listen to what happens next. Let's listen. Oh, let's listen. No. So I've learned later in life why this was a really terrible idea. <laughs> and had he suggested this, now, I'd have been like, mm. I love you, <laughs> Dad, not. but no. But, you know, my little preteen, teenager self, I was like, yeah, Dad's got it. Dad's the man. So his idea was, you know, scissors make it a little more difficult to get it straight. Oh, and, God. You know, we didn't have, like, barber scissors. Mm-hmm. We only had, like, you know. Craft scissors. Craft scissors yeah. or whatever. So mm-hmm. he's like, I, I'll use my beard trimmer. Oh no. Because. Oh my god, no. Because he could just take the guard off and then trim real straight along, you know, because mm-hmm. you could just put it up to the hair and it'd go and it would just be a nice little you know, line. Right? His thinking was it almost was sound. Yeah. So yeah. many terrible stories have started with let's just use my beard trimmer. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. As soon as she said that, I clutched my bottom, like the jaw. I, oh no. Again, made perfect sense, right? So he gets going, and he starts on a side, and he, first little bit goes off, and then he's, and he went, oh. Oh, no. (laughs) And he just started laughing. Oh, no. (laughs) Just, like, burst in to just laugh. And then my and, and my mom's like, what, what? Because we were oh all just kind of hanging out. She comes over, and she just starts laughing. I'm like, what? No, no, so no, we no, no, no. we were just outside the bathroom, and just outside the bathroom, we had this like full length mirror on the wall. I don't know why it was there. And I went and looked, and a half to two thirds of my oh. my left eyebrow were was gone, no. just completely sheared off this my is face. Horrible. And I just had this little like line from the inside of my nose to almost the like the crest like yeah. with arches you oh, know? Yeah. I just had this little guy just yeah. hanging out there oh my god and no bang to cover it oh my god because the bang went with the eyebrow yep. it was gone yep. and they thought this was funny no oh no and and I I burst into a a, a, a kind of a combination of laughter and tears because I'm like what am I gonna do yeah and I have half bangs, and my eyebrow is gone, and I'm like, I don't know what to do, and, and... Wait for it. Oh, my God. Because here's where it gets... Here's where the lie comes in. Oh, Rolling on the no. floor, laughter, half the eyebrow is gone, my bangs look like shit because they're, like, half done, and I think, maybe not, but after all of this laughter and stuff... I'm like, what am I going to do? I've got to go to school tomorrow. And I have no way of hiding this like half eyebrow (laughs) bullshit that is going on here. That's right. That is right. That is some bullshit. (laughs) And they're like, well, this is where the lie comes in. This is where I know Jen picked this. They gave me two options. Oh, Jesus. And I have some defense in my parents. I had two options. (laughs) I, they could either put a bandaid on my face. Oh my God. To cover up the bald eyebrow. 
The other one's worse. And I could come up with like a story or something. I can tell you a good solution in like two seconds. Okay, hold on. Tell, I'm not. I'm not. To tell my friends what may have happened until the hair grew back in. Oh my god. And then the other solution was I could shave the, the other <laughs> eyebrow to match. <laughs> There, looking at my face in the mirror. Oh my god! Did you with these two options, laughing and crying and fearful that I had to go back to school the next day, and these were the options before me. And I went, well, I'm. I don't like attention. I've never liked attention. I don't like attention. (laughs) Either way, you're getting attention. (laughs) Oh yeah, for reals. That's happening. I don't want a big band on my face oh god no because then I'll have to like people will look at me and I'll garner attention and people will be like what did you do and I didn't think that I could like solidify a lie and have it perpetuate for however long and I'd have to keep the band-aid for days and whatever until this thing grew back so I was like I think I'd rather you just shave it to match (laughs) no Oh, my God. Have they heard of an eyebrow pencil? Well, when Sam first told me this story, I said, hang hang on a minute. Could they not draw it back in? Yes. Could they not maybe cut another part of your hair to to comb it over the top of it so you kind of had a Veronica Lake kind of cover-up situation? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was cutting my hair with beard shears. (laughs) Yeah, okay, and this is what I'm saying. stylist. At the same time, I feel the love of your parents. I feel it. I do. But did they seriously shave your other eyebrows? So... But wait, there's more to the story. So... So they're like, well, let's take care of the other half of your bangs so at least they match. And we were smart enough to get a comb this time to guard the next eyebrow, which was pointless because then shortly after cutting the rest of my bangs, he then matched my eyebrow. Oh, my God. I bet he was super careful about he matching, was. though. I bet he, like, measured. See, that's what I'm he saying. Was. That's some love right there. Compared. That's some love shaving your eyebrow off. He did. <laughs> so he shaves the other half of the right eyebrow. And we, there was a lot of comparison, and I was looking in the mirror, and I remember just looking at my little face like, oh. Did you look perpetually surprised? <laughs> probably. Oh. Probably. And I just remember looking at my face like, I have to go back to school tomorrow, and I have no eyebrows. And, I mean, there was nothing else to be done. Both eyebrows. And they were like little hyphens. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh my just God. hanging out there. So I'm like, okay, I made my decision. It's done. There's nothing to be done. Punk rock, Sam. Like, Nobody will yeah. notice. It'll be fine. They're still there. There's just not a lot of them. So I went to school the next day, and I'm like really nervous and anxious, and I'm like, I got this shit together. It's okay. My eyebrows at least match. Everything's fine. And I'm at lunch with my little group of girlfriends, and lunch gets over, and we're hanging out in the hallway, and we're kind of talking, and eyebrows become a topic. And my one friend was like, it's so funny how different people's eyebrows can be, right? (laughs) I love how gently your friends... Wanted to know what the hell happened to your eyebrows. Because I can tell you right now, my friends would have been like, the fuck is that? (laughs) What is going on? Because that's the thing. Your friends were really nice about it. I mean, they they wanted to know what was going on. 
And you know that somewhere before this conversation, they were all talking like, were Sam's eyes eyebrows always like that? I don't know. Did you see Sam in first period? I mean, that's normal. (laughs) Sort of have affection for your friends right now. Right? (laughs) And they were like, it's so funny how eyebrows are all kind of different shapes. Like, and I don't even remember exactly. But it's funny how so-and-so are like, oh, I was. Just are so kind of thin and they, you know, they're they're just kind of this way and describing it. And, you know, so-and-so. And and Sam's. Kind of like these, just you know, they're kind of short, and I was like, Yeah, that is kind of weird, huh? Isn't that fun? Because the last thing I was gonna do was be like, Why Well, my sh- parents shaved my eyebrows last night, that happened. Oh my god, no, I can, I'm sitting here thinking of all these other things. I like, would like to thank you for counterbalancing all the murder in this episode. <laughs> took them to come back? I really don't, but my friends, God bless them, when I was just like, yeah, that is kind of weird, huh? They, they just, never brought it up again. That is so precious, and I am like full of love right now. I'm not even <laughs> kidding you. And needless to say, my dad never trimmed my bangs again. And I didn't hold it against him. I was just like, This is yeah. my Whoops. favorite episode. <laughs> this <laughs> is... This is... She enjoys it so much, she almost <laughs> fell over. Blam. Um... This is how nice your friends are. One time I got a perm. Oh, yeah, seriously. In like eighth we had grade. Bitches for friends. And I remember for so my mother make her sound terrible but no, no, she no. was very she was she had this issues. is gonna sound it's okay this is gonna sound weird but she was she had a very particular idea of what a perm was oh my god no and she insisted that the perm be very tight like like a poodly perm Do and i always white they had, lion <laughs> yeah <laughs> They had they had a type of perm back then called a boomerang perm that were these giant hoops that would make your hair kind of like permanent beachy waves. And that's what I wanted. Like, I just thought that was amazing. But my mother's thing was perms cost too much. We're going to get one that's really tight and then eventually it'll come out enough mm-hmm. that it'll be too I remember this too. But by eventually, that's like a year or more later. Like until then. Your hair has grown out basically. Yeah. And my hair kind of turns afro at the slightest anything anyway. So you put a perm on it and it's that tight and, and it was a, it was a giant afro. But the other thing about it was she insisted that the entire head of hair be permed, including bangs, which in the oh, Jesus Christ. 80s and 90s Sorry, <laughs> were not the same as bangs now. They were a very distinct part of your hair that was very separate in, there was no layering. It was just bangs no. and then bangs. long hair. Yep. And so she would insist that it would be weird if you didn't perm bangs. And I would say, no, I don't want my bangs permed. I just want this part and I will curl my bangs. And she wouldn't listen. So she was paying for it. The stylist did what she said. So I ended up with my entire head just like this poodle and then these poodle bangs. And I remember sitting with my friends and I remember one of them saying, what's going on with your hair? And I said, I, 
I've got a perm. And I remember her leaning into me and going, yeah, but why like right here? And she like hit the part of my head. Such where, a bitch. I mean, it was, there was no talk of what? You know, curls are different. Like, you know, Misty's are kind of, and Jennifer's are really like noodly. Isn't that weird? I am honestly full of the love of human beings right now for your friends. Yeah, they were so good to me, and they never brought it up again. They were like, love it. It's like they talked in in like second period. Like, we gotta figure out what the hell is going on. Yeah, maybe she needs help. And then and then they talked to me, and then and then I didn't confess. So they were like, well, I guess. We'll never know. That is so sweet. I kind of want to, like, I want you to write to them and be like, P.S., this is what happened. Just yeah. so you guys can have some closure. I don't, all I know is my trauma for any of the hair things that happened to me, I tried so carefully with Elliot when we would go to the stylist to be like, you do your thing. Mm-hmm. Just, just, I don't, I don't know what kind of jacked up shit you're going to say, which it wasn't Elliot, but, but sometimes it was. Just let let Elliot do his thing because, yeah. damn. Yeah. And I don't even remember why I told you this story, but your reaction to it was because amazing. And I gave Ryan like the short, like a really short version, and his immediate reaction was, "They couldn't draw them in." <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> See, your husband, a man who's never drawn in an eyebrow in his life. All I know is, Jen would have been one of those delicate, sweet friends to you. She would have been so, like, hey, P.S., yours are like hyphens. She would have. Yeah. Yeah, She really would have. And then she would have drawn them in for you. No, it's it's my naivety. Like, I didn't I didn't really wear makeup. I don't remember my mom ever drawing in an eyebrow. And I guess that's one, like, avenue my dad's skill set didn't stretch was <laughs> to make up. drawing in eyebrows. All I know that is... wasn't an option. But I feel like you don't have to know about makeup. Yeah, somehow... Yeah, no, that's what <laughs> I'm saying. Even a pen would have been okay. Oh, oh, God, no. no. Can you imagine? That would have been horrible. But seriously, Jen would have somehow delicately been like, what if... What if... This is crazy talk, but what if we took this pencil and like drew that in mm-hmm. for you? Mm-hmm. You would have. She mm-hmm. would have. So my friends totally. were nice, but not that nice. They well. <laughs> we I had, still think that's pretty. That's majestic. What just happened yeah. with your friends? We yes. had charcoal pencils in our house. I would have invited you over and been like, "Let's pick a charcoal color that is just good don't for touch you. your eyebrows. Whatever you do, <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, <laughs> smear it right up." <laughs> But no, I was the kind of friend that I would have like been following you around going, don't touch. Don't. <laughs> just don't just touch. hands down, hands down, hands down. And I would have had like the backup pencil in my pocket oh, to like, yeah. like, I got you. I got you. <laughs> For real. This goes awry. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, I'm so relieved that we didn't talk about murder this whole last part. I'm no, so just the murder of my eyebrows. <laughs> uh, that's I, true. That's cool. That They grew back. It's yeah, good. They it's did. Good. They really did. Um, I love it. There. I'm glad that we well, we brought it home with with Sam's yeah, story. I, I hope it was delightful. It was because if we Samson and Delilah would have been a bad closing. I'm just. Do you think so? It. I no. It wouldn't have been bad, but it just wouldn't have been as great as that. Yeah. The story mm. here was: you can be led astray by a sinful woman, and then you are blind. Yeah. By looking at an iron. Yeah. 
That's the Very moral. <laughs> I mean, she did specify it was really close. Really close. But not so much. Little anyway. Jenny didn't take chances. No. I didn't even look at them. No. I suggest two things. Invest in an eyebrow pencil and go check out this super scope story. Yeah. You have to at least look at the picture that Brittany like, took because it's, it's, it's important. It's there, y'all. Go check it on Facebook. Mostly true with a period. As Jen says, full stop, because mm-hmm. it's fancy. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, email us. What are some lies that your parents told you, or grandparents, or parent figure, mm-hmm. whatever, just or older siblings, just lay it on us. I would love to hear some stories, like Christopher the Archivist sent to us about grandparents. Um, we, not just me. Yeah. Um... Yes, Facebook, mostly true. Uh, iTunes soon. Am I closing down too soon? Should we chat some more? I don't know. No, no. I mean, I'm sorry. I got distracted by the Samson she was and Delilah. Like book. legit looking at this book <laughs> just now, and I'm like, just, anyway, sorry. Okay, we're back so, to the yes, Samson and Delilah Facebook, <laughs> Facebook, iTunes. Um, go to iTunes when we actually have it out there. We're going to be like pushing this and just like good reviews and shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know who wouldn't love this episode. I am so delighted right now. I don't mm-hmm. want to know the person who doesn't. Yeah. Want <laughs> they would be like the girls who said, "What's wrong with your hair?" and not the girls that were like, "Eyebrows are different." Yeah. Yeah, so our next episode we've talked about will probably yes. be um I want to talk a little bit about um, influential friends. Mm-hmm. So it could be elementary or it could be high school. Usually high school. Those were the influential friends. Mm-hmm. Sort of like these eyebrow friends of mm-hmm. yours. I love this. <laughs> um, I can think of a few in my past. And so um, I have some stories about that. Mm-hmm. So that's my suggestion. Yeah, I think I think that works. Um we don't have a guest star for that, so if you're listening to this and you have an interest in being a guest star and you feel like you have something, a story, as delightful, it has to... Sam has set the bar, you guys. You know, I... I think you're too nice. It's gotta think, be this good. I love the levity of that, yeah. because for some reason, even if it's funny, we tend to go dark. <laughs> Always. It's who we are. So... If you have something that it. has levity, by all means, contact us, email, Facebook, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or um, if you have something dark, we can work it's with fine. that. We yeah. can work with it. We'll, totally. we'll just... Uh, we'll draw your eyebrows in. Yeah. I'm so in love with this story. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> you know what? My Jesus would have drawn in your eyebrows, oh, too. for real. And he would, would have, have done an amazing job with he it, too. Have, because my Jesus would have this really amazing makeup kit. And then he'd be like, Ma, what do you think? And <laughs> yes. she'd be like, yeah. Yes! Thumbs up, Jesus of mine. <laughs> Telling you. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think, I think that wraps everything up. Yep, yep. Thanks for being our special guest. Thanks for having me. I had such a good time. Me too. Me too. Me too. Yay. Delightful. And thanks for braiding my unicorns hair. Anytime. So great. Uh, love you guys. Bye. Keep going around. Bye. Mostly True is a podcast brought to you by Jen and Brittany's Idiocy. Our theme song is called The Big Ten and is done by The Blue Dot Sessions. Thank you.